It is the Chicago First United Audio Podcast, your Chicago scene salvation. Featuring interviews with the premier talent and tastemakers in the Chicago music community. My name is Haima Black. I host this podcast every week at ChicagoVerseUnited.com. This week, talking with Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins in an interview produced in part with Illinois Entertainer and recorded on the Listening Party Cruise for the band's new record, Oceana. Here's how that sounds. I'm a black here on the Odyssey cruise at Navy Pier, and I'm here with Billy, Jeff, Mike, and Nicole from the Smashing Pumpkins. How is everybody doing tonight? Awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> you guys just got done performing. Tonight was like the Oceana album release event. Uh, how do you feel about how everything went tonight? I thought it went pretty good. I mean, it was a little chilly, and but everyone was in great spirits, and uh, it was fun. I mean, definitely memorable. You know, something that stood out to me right away is this event was very much an event. It feels like there's an album, there's a celebration behind it, whereas a lot of modern rock records, I think, you know, they kind of go up on iTunes and that's about it. Was there a conscious effort to make this feel like more of an occasion? I think that part of the world we live in now is that you have to take into account social media. And it's not simply just the marketing. I think you want to figure out a way to include fans all over the world into the experience. Like going on somebody's web page and you know five pictures from the event doesn't really cut it it has to be something substantive so for example like playing some songs you know and so me playing a song from 1987 some of the old school fans can put it up on their you know whatever their tumblr or whatever you know it's just but it, it allows people a, a, a way to participate you know it's not this inert thing like isn't it cool we're on olympus and you get to watch i mean we're, there's a sort of interactive element that, that we've taken into account into our the way we operate, because I think that's just, and, and we just view it as creative, creative opportunities. You know, I did think it was cool that you were performing a really wide selection. I think, you know, sometimes fans come out, they want to hear Today, they want to hear Bullet, they kind of want to hear these top 10 songs they've heard on the radio for 20 years, but you were really digging deep. What was the mindset behind playing some unexpected songs tonight? I, I think it's that exactly it. It's just, it's an opportunity to just do something a little bit different, you know, and, um, you know, there are very few opportunities for that now. I think it's they've become really limited. I mean, if you look at old school Smashing Pumpkin set list, I mean, we were playing all sorts of crazy shit all the time. And now in the past five years when Jeff and I would try to do that, I mean, it would just it was like the audience is throwing rocks at you because why are you playing the weird B-side that I don't know? And, I mean, we would play album tracks off of Siamese Dream and they would throw rocks. You know, it's just the audience has just really changed. I think we're just a lot more strategic about what we do. We're really very conscious about what we play and... Um... I think it just depends. I mean, what we're doing, where we're doing. If we're playing a festival, we're going to play a certain set. But like, I think people see on this tour that's coming up, we're going to be playing, you know, the whole new record from beginning to end. So, I think it's just it's situational. Well, let's talk about the new record. It's called Oceana, and this record, if I'm not mistaken, it started off, and and it, it is part of a larger body of work being released by the Pumpkins, but it's really come into its own as a separate standalone work as well. How did that process happen where you kind of thought, these aren't just going to be Tear Garden singles, this is going to build up to something larger? I think the critical moment for us was we were playing a radio show tour at the end of 2010, and we just we just saw where the band was sort of slipping into a weird kind of obscurity. And Smashing Pumpkins is really ultimately about sort of that energy that's going to come back from the crowd. And if you're not getting that back, I mean, why would you be in this strange band? I mean, it's just it's it's too contentious. 
it's like being, it's like it's like trying to pick a fight with somebody who doesn't want to fight. You know what I mean? It gets kind of boorish <laughs> after a while. We weren't engaging the audience. The audience didn't want to engage us, and so you're just kind of up there like a bunch of old fucking farts, or at least me, the old fart. So we were like, we've got to do something here that's going to going to galvanize the situation for better or for worse. And so we thought, well, if we, we're going to make the best possible effort that we can we can make in a reasonable way. And if it's responded to, then we'll know what to do. And if it's not, well, we better find a different day job because this is just not working anymore. And 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 my my version of not working is probably different than most people's. You know, I obviously I could go out and play my back catalog until I'm 87, and there's going to be somebody there to watch it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that that energy that comes out of the crowd, like where you're like, okay, I'm in the right crowd. I mean, I'm in the right spot. I want to be here. This is the right show to be. Blah 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 blah. We've all been at those shows, and I've been in, I've been on stage for many of those shows. You know what I mean? So when I'm standing and I'm not getting that back, I'm going, get me out of here, get me off this island. I don't. This is kind of boring, you know. I think there's a lot of bands that you know, '90s bands, even bands post '90s, you know, from the last decade that are happy to just go out and play any songs people want to hear and they don't have any interest in evolving. And you've always, I think, been opposed to that idea. Like, what is it about that that is so unappealing to you? You know, just not phoning it in and cashing it in for a crowd. I think it's the, I think it's the, the, the root of the expectation, right? So when, when an audience comes and they really, really particularly only want to hear old music, what they're really saying is, I'm pretty convinced at this point you don't have anything new to offer. And I really don't want to experience what you're willing to offer if you're going to be creative. In fact, I want you to kind of give me the, it's like going to, like when I went to spam a lot and they put in all the old Monty Python jokes. I'm like, why am I sitting here watching the old Monty Python jokes? I enjoyed all the parts of the show that didn't have to do with old Monty Python, but had the Monty Python spirit. So that's how I look at Smashing Pumpkins. It's like, if you don't enjoy the spirit and you just enjoy the, the husk of the old thing, then why are we here? We got, we really honestly have better things to do. You know what I mean? Like fuck and frolic, you know, I, I just, I just, I don't get that. I, 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 look, I think it's fine to celebrate your accomplishment and I'm lucky. I have something to be proud of. I mean, I have a bunch of singles and albums and stuff. I, I'm, I, but if, if that's the only reason you're coming, you're basically saying I'm an inert, I'm an inert artist and, and I'll never be revived. I'm just going to sort of lie in a coffin here the rest of my life and it's just not who I am and I didn't grow up in that generation so I, I don't understand the parts of my generation that have become that yeah. I don't get that what the fuck happened to everybody I mean is it that is it that desperate are we that desperate for money and blah 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 that we got to sort of just get in line like everybody else I mean go back, go back imagine going back in a time machine and going hey uh you Chris Cornell you know someday you're going to be making a record with Timberland you know really <laughs> are you sure yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> well, you know, looking at the new record, this was my first time hearing it tonight. We were on a cruise um, on Lake Michigan, and the record is played tonight front to back. And what really struck me is that it has this very present spirit of classic Smashing Pumpkins, but it doesn't feel like a pandering cash in. It feels like you're taking the adventurous spirit of the band in the past and infusing it with something new and modern. Was that kind of the idea here? I think it's pretty simple. I just did my thing and they did their thing. You know what I mean? And they've influenced me and I've influenced them. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, 
I have a particular way I like to hear the drums, but he has a particular way he likes to hit them. So we meet somewhere in the middle. It's like, okay, I believe this, I, I believe this busy drumming is good here, but then he shows me where busy drumming is not good there, you know, and so we kind of figure out this balance. She brings a completely different melodic sensibility. Jeff brings a completely different melodic sensibility. And in the middle of it, I'm still doing the same old shit, you know, big massive wall of guitar. This sounds good to me. You know, it's like ketchup over the top of everything. But the un un understructure has a lot to do with them. So it's, it's, it's really just us being us. It's nothing calculated about it. I mean, I think, I mean, if you asked us personally, we probably would, we wish we were more My Bloody Valentine or more this or more Bear Collective or whatever the fuck he <laughs> listens to. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know I mean? Ultimately, yeah. being a musician is about representing who you actually are. And we all, I mean, I wish I was, I wish we sounded more like Led Zeppelin or Rainbow or something, you know what I mean? But if we embrace who you are, then you come up with actually something that's, that's actually worth listening to. What about the response to this? Because I know it's very, very early in the process, but it already feels like there's a very positive response to this material. Even just looking over the last 24 hours from when people have been able to stream it on iTunes. Has, has that been something you guys have seen? Has the experience and the response felt positive? I let them look at the internet. <laughs> I've learned to stay off the damn thing. Um, but certainly, you know, we, we feel the love coming up off the street. And, um, you know, for me, it's been 17 years since I've experienced an, an instant gratification on an album. Usually I have to wait somewhere between five to seven years for somebody to pull me aside and go, actually, that was a good album. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's been a I mean, I love Adore. No, I appreciate that, but, but, but universally Adore was panned when it came out. Yeah. Um, and it took a lot of fans to a long time to kind of get to the to the bottom of it, and and I understood at the time, but at the same time, I didn't think it was so radically different from 1979 and Cupid to Lock and other things. I, which was a big hit song, so I didn't really understand this negative reaction. But that's the mainstream sort of pissing on the idea of what it was meant to be, you know. So anyway, that was the past history, but um, so it's, it's a little bit surreal to have all this love coming off the street right away. Like, right away, it's weird. Like, you know, I just kind of think I'm, maybe I'm dead, and, you know, this is virtual reality holodeck stuff we're having right here. Uh, you know, you mentioned on stage tonight, before you are performing or during performing, that people heard this album, and they told you to wait on it, to really release it kind of like the right way or a certain way to really get this momentum behind it. How did that process happen, and what was your response to people telling you, like, no, 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 hold on with this? Well, you know, when you, when you put an album in... in in strangers' hands, you know, you start to get the opinions whether you want them or not. You know, what's the single and blah, 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 and how are you going to market this and all this stuff. And, you know, the first ten people that heard it were like, wow, you know, pretty amazing. The second ten people that heard it were like, oh, this is really, really, you know, it was like it didn't stop. Like it, it didn't, when you put it for the, when you played it for the straight super businessman who doesn't give a fuck about Smashing Pumpkins Legacy and he just wants to sell records and he thinks it's good, you're like, wow, this is weird. You know what I mean? Because it, I haven't had that. I haven't had that. For, I mean, I haven't had that for a really long time. We kept waiting to hit the wall and just didn't hit the wall. And so all of a sudden, all these doors started to fly open. So opportunities that weren't even there a month before the record was handed in suddenly were there. And it's like, well, this is weird because we've been knocking on this door for five years and we keep getting shut down. Well, you know, I think something that's very clear about you as an artist in the Smashing Pumpkins is that you're not stopping, you're not waiting for people to give you permission or approval. And I loved what I heard tonight. I think this is a really special event. I think it's a really special record. And I wish you guys the best of luck and congratulations on everything. Billy Corrigan. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.
This has been the Chicago First United Audio Podcast for Chicago Scene Salvation. Thanks to Billy Corgan and the Smashing Pumpkins for being on the show this week. You can find past episodes of the Chicago First United Audio Podcast at chicagoverseunited.com, including interviews with Kill Hannah, Chris Payne, Jerry Bryant, and many, many more. You can follow the Dynasty Podcast Network through all social and digital media channels at dynastypodcast.tumblr.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, my name is Haima Black, Dynasty Descend.